Pastors, we greet those of you who have joined us on live stream. Today, we are pressing forward, continuing in our series on the person of Jesus Christ. Today, I would like you to consider this blessed aspect of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is well-pleasing to the Father. Our text this morning is found in John chapter 8, verse 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. This the Son of God spoke in the presence of his enemies. Who had accused him of falsely promoting himself. They didn't believe who he said he was, and in the midst of enduring the contradictions of these sinners against himself, he had this comfort that the Father was with him. And in just a few short statements, Jesus makes a powerful assertion of this truth, a strength no doubt to him at this time, but a blessed insight for us that he is not only sent by the Father, but the Father is always with him. Because he is pleased with him in everything that he does. This was a statement that was no doubt strange to his enemies. You see, the Pharisees were familiar with the concept of sacrifice and obedience and offerings. But they had never really considered being pleasing to God. And you'll find today that wherever there are cold, hard, legalistic approaches to God... The consideration of pleasing God is almost universally absent among such people. Jesus determined to please the Father. And those of us who are of the household of faith are also determined to please. We're determined to please our Father as well. And what does it mean to be pleasing? Well, to be pleasing towards someone is to perform what is appealing to them. But more than that, to be pleasing carries with it a satisfaction in the recipient. There's an approval. There's a gratification of their expectation or or it otherwise causes them to be delighted, to rejoice. To please someone is to fulfill their desire or want. It means that the one who finds pleasure has examined the person and found that their conduct or mannerism or action... Or service is agreeable and approved. It means that they have a standard of what they want and and that standard has been fulfilled. In Jesus' case, he pleased God by being in a state of constant union and agreement with the Father in every conceivable aspect. See, see, to be well-pleasing with God is to be conformed to him in every Every conceivable aspect, in the, in the mind and in the body and in the spirit and in the soul, Jesus always did the will of the Father. God had an expectation of Jesus when he came here, and Jesus fulfilled God's every expectation. Jesus fully carried out the purpose of God while on the earth. God's assessment of the Son is well done, good and faithful servant. Whatever God told him to speak, he spoke, and he did not speak of his own. Whatever God told him to do, he did. Even when it caused him to go without food or without water or 
or it caused him to be at a place where he had no place to rest his head. Wherever God told him to go, he went there. He was always in submission to the Father. He always depended on the Father. He was always obedient to the Father. He was always about his Father's business. He always honored his Father. He was well-pleasing to the Father. He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not, hath not left me alone. For I, for I always do those things that please him. That's why, that's why he hasn't left me alone, because I always do the things that please him. Now, this saying of Jesus is a statement that testifies exclusively to his divine nature in association with God himself. He pleased God, and, and this, is, this is stated in conjunction with what he had already done and what, and what they had already seen him do. These men had already seen him work miracles. They'd already seen these things happen. His works actually testified to the absolute approval of the Father. Amen. Peter would later declare to the Jews, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. They weren't ignorant of this. God's approval of Jesus was not hidden from the people. And if you're in him, God's approval of you will not be hidden from the people either. His words in this passage were so persuasive and reasonable to faith that right after he said this, it is written, as he spake these words, many believed on him. His word had power. However, Jesus wasn't the only one that said that he was pleasing to God. These words didn't just flow forth out of his mouth. This is a confirmed truth. God himself also confirmed the pleasure with the son and the prophets testified of it. He declared through the prophet Isaiah, the Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honor. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 17, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. They were not his own words. He was declaring what was foretold through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He'll put his spirit on him. At the advent of Christ's baptism, when the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, a voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It was a declaration from heaven. And again, at the Mount of Transfiguration, where Peter proposed a tabernacle for Moses and Elijah, and Jesus, a voice came from the cloud concerning his beloved son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. It is never said of Moses that he was well pleasing to God. It is never said of Elijah or Samson 
or even David. And I'm not saying that they didn't please God or could not please God. You know, it's said of Enoch that he had this testimony that he pleased God. Solomon even noted in his limited wisdom, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. The point is this, is that what is directly stated about the Son of God is always in stark contrast with the rest of humanity. And God makes it a point to identify exactly who He is well pleased with. And in order for Jesus to be a Savior, He must please the Father. This is because the Genesis thought we are presented with concerning displeasure and the displeasure of God is death. Consider the first time in the Bible we read the words that the Lord was displeased, that he killed that person. It's written of Onan, and the thing which he did displeased the Lord, and wherefore he slew him also. It's the first time those it's the first time that's recorded in the scriptures that the Lord was displeased and uses that verbiage. It's our first consideration. In fact, virtually every time that the phrase is mentioned that the Lord was displeased, it's associated with his wrath and it's associated with his judgment. Genesis 38.10, Deuteronomy 9.19, Numbers 11.10, 2 Samuel 11.24, 1 Chronicles 21.7, Psalms 2, 5, 5, 4, 6, 1, 38, 1, 61, Isaiah 59, 15, Habakkuk 3, 8. There's a multitude of scriptures that, that state when the Lord was displeased that there was some kind of fiery indignation that came out of that. When David numbered Israel, something that he wasn't told to do, it, it was written that God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. Talking today about Jesus Christ, who's well-pleasing. Yet God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. With the exception of Solomon's speech, the building of the temple, and the summary of Enoch's testimony, all of the references to the Lord being pleased pertain to what he has done and not what men have done. It was said to Israel... It hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isaiah said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. I'm speaking this way because the scriptures define the way we should consider pleasure and displeasure. Even after God told Israel, choose the things that please me, not a whole lot is written about God being pleased with men. It says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. When not a lot of people have faith, not a lot of people are pleasing to God. It's actually it's impossible if what was spoken, if this was spoken of his people, what do you think he thinks about the heathen and godless nations? He says this, Zechariah 1.15, I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease. 
He's still displeased today with the heathen who are at ease. Jesus came to a world widely disapproved and displeasing to God. And in a world that was displeased, that God, and God was displeased with, he testifies of the pleasure of the Father. Thank you. This is how God views the Son. He is well-pleasing. Peter himself didn't forget the words that God spoke of his Son on that transfiguration mount. He spoke them yet again. In 2 Peter 1.17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is absolutely unique in this regard. He is the only one of whom it was written, his person, to be well pleasing to God. The truth that Christ is well-pleasing to the Father is firmly established by the word of the Lord. We know that Isaiah spoke about it, David spoke about it, Peter spoke about it. Anytime the word of God is repeated, it's done so on the basis of establishing truth and the purpose of God. Under the law it is stated, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Joseph knew of this principle without a Bible. And about 500 years before the law was given, it's a principle. He told Pharaoh in the dream, and that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God. This is an established reality that Jesus Christ is well-pleasing to the Father. There's no argument over this. Unregenerate man is without hope. And without God in the world, but this is never said of the Son of God. We by nature were sometimes disobedient. Not only was Jesus perfect and without sin and desirous of God, he was pleasing to God. There was absolutely nothing about Jesus that God disapproved of. <clears throat> this is why God was always with Jesus. Not just because he always did the things that the Father told him to do. Not just because he always obeyed him. But because he always did the things that please him. We aren't saying that obedience is vain. In fact, if you don't obey God, you'll never be pleasing to him. God forbid, we're not saying that obedience is optional. We're saying that pleasing God goes beyond fulfilling an obligation that your heart isn't in. David was a man after God's own heart. Since his heart was involved, he said things like, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. See, the Pharisees never spoke that way. Solomon noted, when a man's ways please the Lord. See, Jesus obeyed God, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. Jesus did the will of God because he wanted to do it. He boldly declared, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will. Oh, my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. 
And you'll find that when you want to please someone, you'll always go beyond what they've required you to do. You always go beyond what their what your duty is. I work in a metal service center. A customer came in the warehouse that I work in to pick up pick up some twenty foot long steel on a sixteen foot flatbed. He asked us to pull the material and put it on the trailer. Well, there's four feet of material sticking out the end of this trailer. Somebody asked the customer, "Sir, would you?" Would you like to wrap us, wrap that on the end with this neon tape and flag it? Because that's that's the law. You have to have a flag on material. However, this is not in our policy. <clears throat> the customer had not thought of this. He didn't think about that. And he was pleased that we would offer to do more work than was required of us mm -hmm. for his benefit mm -hmm. and for his interest. Pleasing God is, is not just seeking to do what's required of us. It's seeking God's interest at the expense of us. Jesus was, was always about his father's business, not about his own. See, we were ordained to bring forth fruit unto God. We were ordained to be profitable to God. Jesus always did the things that pleased the Father at every opportunity, on every occasion, and at all times with no exceptions and no inconsistency. He always sought a way to please the Father. This isn't because He just tried really hard to be good. He had temptations to resist, but it's ultimately, this is a, this is a testimony of who He was and how God thought of Him. So it's a declaration of his absolutely perfect and divine nature, completely separate from sinners, unlike any other man who came before him. Jesus' manners please God. His obedience please God. His thoughts please God. His focus and mindset please God. His words please God. His judgments please God. His appearance please God. His teaching please God. His prayers please God. His works please God. His life please God. Everything he did was pleasing to the Father. He was entirely obedient from the coming into the world when he was born to his ministry on the earth, to his sufferings and his crucifixion and his resurrection. His pleasing the Father did not come apart from his diligent involvement and effort. And it does not come apart from ours either. Just as He gave His whole self to the work, we give our whole selves. We offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. While Jesus was always, always obeyed the Father, see, this went further than obedience. He pleased the Father. You can, act, you can actually obey somebody and it, not be, and it not be pleasing to them. If I tell one of my children to go do something and they go about doing it with a mope, Mopey, pouty face. Technically, they've obeyed me, but I wasn't pleased with it. See, how they went about doing it testified of their desire to actually do it. Jesus didn't do a poor job because his heart was in the work. And when your heart's in it, you won't do a poor job either. Actually, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, because your heart was in it. 
You know, we're told from our youth, honor your father and mother. Today, most people have limited, they've, they've limited that to obeying your father and mother. And it does say, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So God forbid we're not saying, we're, when we say that, we're not negating obedience. But honor goes further than obedience. When a person honors their father and mother, they're seeking their pleasure. They revere and respect them. They consider them as more important than themselves. And they treat them with dignity and with a high esteem and with high respect and with high regard. If a father and mother is not pleased exactly, pray tell, how are they honored? People who do not please God do not honor God. And if God is not pleased or honored, you cannot be saved. See, our, our, our salvation involves God being pleased. Our salvation involves God being satisfied. Amen. Just as Jesus concluded that God was with him because he did the things that pleased him, you cannot conclude that God is with you either unless you are living in a manner that is pleasing to him. And since we know that without faith it is impossible to please him, we also know that God is not with the faithless and unbelieving. God is not pleased with those who live in the flesh and who do not walk in the Spirit. It says so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. See, so you must be reconciled to God. <clears throat> That's why it's stated, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. See, God is not with somebody who is not pleasing to him. But the Father was with Jesus and the Father was well pleased with him. Pleasing God then not only implies doing things for him and obeying him, but also avoiding things that we know by example do not please him. If the Lord's reaction is revealed in, in, concerning something in the scripture... Those who would please him seek to avoid doing the things that displease him. God, We know that God is not pleased by slothful, slothfulness. God is not pleased by foolishness or ignorance or carelessness or unwatchfulness or indifference or neglect or pride. God's not pleased by these things. If you're if you're if those things currently describe you, you're not pleasing to the Father. He's not pleased by worldliness and sinfulness and rebellion and unkindness and slander and factions, all things which flow forth from unbelief. The word to those who do not believe is seek him while he is near. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God. See that? There's the emphasis. So that ye would abound more and more. See, when you please God, he'll bless you. Jesus did the things that pleased the Father. He didn't just talk about doing the things that pleased the Father. He actually did them. Today there's a breed of Christianity that talks about doing things for God and even prays about doing things for God but doesn't really get anything done. 
God is not pleased when nothing is done for him. And everyone who does something to please someone else, even if, even if they are deceived in the pleasing their own selves, Paul spoke of a perilous time in the church where people would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. See, this is built into man. The, the desire to please somebody else is built into us. A person will invariably seek to please men or to please God. If a person is not pleasing God, it's because they've essayed instead to please men. That, that's really what's happened. Paul said, but as we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. A church that speaks things that are pleasing to men and not to God. The trouble isn't that they should have tried a little harder or studied a little better. The trouble is their focus isn't on the Jesus who is well-pleasing to God. If Jesus really was in these people, they would be speaking things pleasing to God. But since they aim to please men, they are not really the servants of Christ. It doesn't say... It doesn't matter what they say. Paul said this, For do I, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Because Christ was always well-pleasing to the Father. Everything we do, like Christ, we do to please Him. We are the body of Christ, and our aim is to be well-pleasing. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well-pleased. The purpose of God in Christ Jesus is that ye might walk worthy unto the Lord unto all-pleasing, all-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See that? Are you increasing? That's, you're walking worthy into all pleasing. When we are well pleasing to God, it's because He's working it in us through Jesus Christ. Paul prayed, Let Him make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is our forerunner, and he still always does the things that please the Father. This is quite a comforting truth to know and understand since he is currently leading us to glory. We are accepted because Jesus is accepted. We are accepted in the beloved. Our salvation is never realized apart from God's consideration of Jesus Christ. If we are accepted, it's only due to the fact that he is accepted and he is in us. When we preach Christ, we are preaching in a way that is pleasing to God. It's like a sweet incense. It's like a sweet smelling savor to the Father. And we delight to be able to offer it to him. As we follow him and he abides in us, the mark for every one of us is, the, is that we would be able to say, I always do the things that please him. And have the confidence and assurance that he is with us. We want to have the same testimony that Enoch did. 
that he pleased God. That we would be able to serve him not, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. The Lord will be with us in the work when we seek to be pleasing to him in everything we do. The churches would do well to mark this truth, that God will not underwrite the work if you live in displeasure to him. If you live, live to please God, you will be pleased in return. If you honor God, he will honor you. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Thank you, brother.